Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. So I grew up in the Deep South. I know you're going to find that hard to believe from this um, northern accent I have, but I grew up in the Deep South, and um, everybody says Merry Christmas everywhere. Are you with me on that? Everybody and and I have uh, two little kids. Uh, I have the the really uh, loud one in the video. Um, he takes after his mama, and he uh, he's seven, and he uh, he's he's a little vertically challenged. I don't know where he gets that anyway, but he's a little short. And so when we go to stores, you know, you, like you go to H E B, they still have the cashiers in a cage, you know, and and he can't quite see, and the, and so he just yells, "Merry Christmas!" <laughs> And there's like this little elf, you know, they're just looking over trying to find. Uh, we grew up saying Merry Christmas to everybody. And may, maybe it, like if it, we just kind of have this response, you know, in Texas, like when I, when I, if I say Merry Christmas, you say, yeah, Merry Christmas. I say, how's it going? You say, yeah, good. Merry Christmas. No, you don't. It's going good. Doing great. If you're super spiritual, I say, man, how's it going? Blessed. Yeah, I'm blessed. Yeah. Too blessed to be stressed. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I mean, just, I, 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 you just, we kind of have this, like, normal response of, oh, it's Merry Christmas. But the truth of the matter is, behind all the Merry Christmas, usually, it's not so merry. Right? Like, if you were honest, like, psychologists know this, doctors know this, pastors know this, that this time of the year is, is sometimes the hardest season of the year for people. Maybe you're here today, and, and it's been especially hard for you. More than the rest of the year, I think it's kind of just, it, it just, everything's heightened, you know, all the relationships that, that, that are broken kind of come to the surface. You know, all the problems that you have that you wish you didn't have are kind of highlighted uh, around this time of the year. You start thinking back, maybe it's because you're around the people that cause you all the problems. Just look straight at me like if you're sitting by one. But, you know, like you, you just, anybody got that family that you, you, go to, you go to the family dinner and you think, I don't know when I was adopted, but there's no way I was born to these people right here. Anybody else? Like, there's just, not me. I'm just talking about other people. But, and you just think there's just no way. Like, all, all, like I don't know how we got here. Or, or maybe, maybe it's disappointments throughout your year. Maybe 2021 wasn't what you, um, what you thought it was going to be. Um, maybe you go into 2021 saying, this is my year. And you come out of 2021 going, oh, my God, please take me out of this year. You know, like, I can't believe we, we, uh, we did this. Uh, maybe it's an empty chair. You know, the empty chair has been there for a while, but it, it's more pronounced at holiday time. At Christmas time, you sort of realize. And it's not always death. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. Can I be really vulnerable with you for just a moment? Sometimes divorce is worse than death. Because at a death, there's a burial, but uh, with a divorce, sometimes... It just lives, and, and the hurt is still there, and it's hard on the family. And, and you didn't start the year thinking it was going like that, or maybe you, didn't, you thought you'd be further along. I think I've, I've faced this kind of just my personality every year. I, I sort of look back over my year, and, and I think to myself a lot of Christmases, I think, man, I wish I was further along. I wish we would have done more. I wish I could have accomplished more. I, I wish we would have been further. You ever look back over your life, and not ungrateful, just... Just pensive about, I, I just wish things were better. I just wish I, I, I had done more. And we, we sort of have this idea of performance. You get to the end of the year, and at your job, you have a performance review. You know what I mean? And, 
And maybe you look at your life and you have a performance review and you think, man, like this is not what I thought it would be. And we deal with comparison around the holidays, I think, more than any other time of the year. I mean, it's an epidemic in our culture anyway, but it shows up more around this time of the year. Like you have your Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and then you log on to Facebook, and they have, you know, William Sonoma. Actually, Mr. Sonoma came to their house and decorated, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the Williams family and the Sonoma family are there, and you just got, you know, you went to Whataburger. Come on, somebody. And you compare what, what you have to what they have. Maybe just extra melancholy around this season. I, I, know, I know this. Just when you look back over your year and you think, man, I wish it was. I wish things were different. I wish things would have gone a different way. I wish I would have been further. I wish we would have done more. I call it, a lot of people are haunted by, here's what I would call it, the ghost of Christmas past. You, you, you remember this in, in, in A Christmas Carol, this classic story from Charles Dickens. Uh, uh, the ghost of Christmas past is the first ghost that visits Ebenezer Scrooge. And he reminds him of, of all of his past. He, he, sort of, he takes him back to all of the hurt. Takes Ebenezer Scrooge back to boarding school. And how he had no friends. And he was all alone there. And everybody else had a home to go to. And Ebenezer didn't have a home to go to. And, and, and then he forwards on in his life a little bit. And Ebenezer Scrooge is... Engaged to Belle, his fiance, who leaves him on Christmas. By the way, if he breaks up with you at Christmas, he's just cheap. He, you don't need to marry him. All the ladies say amen. amen. Right. And he's just haunted by these regrets and what was. And, and, and I, I met people around this time of the year. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're in church today who feel like, man, I, there's, just, there's this haunting of an untruth but a hurt. Like my past, my regrets. Now we know there's no such thing as a ghost or a ghost of Christmas past. But I do know a lot of people who are haunted by what could have been and what should have been. And the heartache of my life and the regrets of my years. And the regrets as you watch your children grow up. I have a 10 year old and a 7 year old. And, and my, my baby girl turned 10 of this year. And Brandy and I came to the harsh reality we have more Behind us than we have in front of us. If she, uh, which I'm trying, don't tell her about college right now. We haven't told her there is such a thing. So I'm gonna try to keep her at home till she's 30 or 35 or so. Because um, I know some of your kids, she ain't marrying none of that. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, but I, you just get the heart, like you maybe you got teenagers and you go, oh my gosh, like it was so fast, and I wish things were different. And I made so many mistakes as a father. Maybe as a mom here today, you're thinking, you deal with that mommy guilt of I could have done more, I should have done more. Maybe it's just pain that it sort of comes up every year around this season. Whatever it is, you get to Christmas this week and you've dealt with all these things and honestly you're having a hard time getting past your past. And the ghost of Christmas past, I think it's, I think it's not by accident that Charles Dickens would write it, the first ghost that you deal with. Like it's the first thing that comes up. And there's really only a few things you can do to get past the ghost of Christmas past. Like there's only a few ways I know for people, for you, for me to get past our past. If you're taking notes, and I would encourage you to do that. And here's the first way. I know a lot of people that do this. If, if, you, if you deal with disappointment and you have all of those struggles and you got all that regret, the first thing people do is try to bury it. You just try to bury your past, you know. You just try to act like it didn't happen. You just try to be tough, man. You know what I'm saying? We just we push our way through. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We just maybe you're raised in a family where you know nobody cries, no, nobody has problems. You just suck it up, and 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 maybe if I just bury it, maybe it'll go 
away. Maybe if I just wait for more time, then, it, then things will get better. But look at me in the eyes. We say lies to ourselves. Matter of fact, I'm preaching to you next February a series on the lies that we tell ourselves. One of the lies we tell ourselves is that time can heal all wounds. Look at me. Time can't heal anything. Only God can heal everything. Time doesn't do anything to your wounds except separate you from the time they happened. But we tell ourselves, if I bury it, then I don't have to deal with it. But the truth of the matter is, maybe at Christmas time it comes back to haunt you. Proverbs 28, 13 says it like this. He who conceals his sins, the problems, the struggles of your life, you don't prosper. But if you'll confess it, if you'll renounce it, You'll be able to find mercy in your life. But the truth is, there's a lot of people who just decide, man, I'm going to bury it. I'm going to act like it didn't happen. I'm going to act like I don't know anything else this Christmas. Second thing I see a lot of people do with with their past, you know, the ghost of Christmas past. You can bury it or you can beat yourself up. I met a lot. Matter of fact, I met a lot of really great spiritual people who beat yourself up. You sort of live your life in constant guilt and shame about the failures of your past. You know like no one else knows what you did. How long you did it. And how much hurt it caused. Like you know the problems. And you know your own shortcomings. Like you're the only one who has to sleep with you. You're the only one who has to close your eyes at night. And you live behind those eyelids. You know. You. And you can take all of your regrets and all of your hurts and all of your pain and you can just beat yourself up. In the Bible, there was uh, someone who did this often. His name was David. You know him as King David. Goliath killing, giant slaying King David dealt with guilt and shame probably more than anyone else in Scripture. And i got to be honest, King David had a pretty sketchy past. I mean, he cheated on his wife and he got the girl he cheated on his wife with pregnant and that wasn't bad enough. <laughs> Their plan was, how do we get out of this? I know Let's kill your husband. So that's like, I don't think any of y'all have done that. If you have, just don't tell me, please. And, and, and he has her husband killed. And, and David has this moment of beating himself up by like the past keeps coming up and the mistakes keep coming back. I don't know if it was Christmas when he wrote it, but he said this in Psalm uh, 38. He said, I'm drowning in the flood of my own sin. And they're a burden too heavy to bear. Maybe you know that feeling. Because I've been foolish. Like I know I did this. But I've gotten to Christmas. And I've smiled for everybody. And I've acted like I'm okay. But I'll be honest with you. I'm utterly worn out. Crushed. My heart's troubled. Like I beat myself up. With all of my problems. The third thing I think you can do. You can bury it. Like you can try to act like it didn't happen. You can beat yourself up. Or a lot of people just blame everybody else for all their hurt. You know, you can just blame others. You can just say, well, it's your fault. And, and I wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened to me if you wouldn't have done this. And if he wouldn't have left, this wouldn't have happened. And if she wouldn't have cheated, this wouldn't have happened. And, and, and if they wouldn't have failed, this wouldn't have happened. And if the business hadn't have closed and we wouldn't have lost that. And if, if everybody else would have just done what they were supposed to do. We can just, it, this story is as old as human history. Like the first story in the Bible. Adam blames Eve. I don't know any men in this service that blame their wives for their problems, but in first service, it's rampant. But none of y'all, y'all are much more, more spiritual than them. But 
Anyway, this man says, well, I'm good, but I ate because she told me to, you know. And, and then Eve does the same exact thing. She's, she looks at the serpent, at the devil. She says, I didn't, wasn't my fault. It was their fault. Genesis 3.13, Eve says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. By the way, this is my life verse on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, the serpent deceived me and then I ate. <laughs> like everybody's to blame. Like Eve's to blame. No, no, no. The devil's to blame. We just blame everybody else in our life. Here's what I know if you're going to get past your past. If you're going to silence the ghost of Christmas past. You don't have to change your behavior. Look at me in the eyes and hear me loud and clear today. You, I'm not asking you to change anything about your behavior. But you're going to have to change what you believe. As a matter of fact, I think my job as your pastor almost every week is not to change what you do. It's to change what you believe. Because my beliefs determine my behaviors. And my behaviors become my habits. And my habits determine my destiny. And some of you are in a place of hurt and heartbreak and, and, and honestly you'd, you've been trapped in this shame and guilt and defeated and always down and out. And it's not because of your behavior or even your habits. It really starts on what you believe. So you can bury your past. You can blame others for your past. You can beat yourself up for your past or you can believe God today. And if I have one thing I want to give you in this Christmas message, if I could give you just this one thing, it would be that I wouldn't change your behavior. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to clean you up. I, religion always tells you you got to get it right. you got to clean up. you gotta, you got to do right. you you got to make sure that everything's put together before you come to God. No, 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 you don't have to do any of that. But you do have to believe differently than you have. You have to believe what God says about you, not, not what anybody else says. You have to believe God's plan for your life. You have to believe what the Bible says about you. And, and, and you have to believe that in the face of all of my disappointments, in the face of all of my past, in the face of all of my letdowns and all of my heartache and all of my pain, that God has a better plan. That's why 2 Corinthians says it like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And the Bible says the old is, everybody shout gone. Shout gone. Shout gone. Look at me. Religion will tell you that Jesus came to make you a better version of you. No, no, no. Jesus didn't come to make you a better you. Jesus came to make you a brand new you. Look at me. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good people. Jesus came to make dead people alive people. Jesus didn't come to just give you a 2.0 version of who you were. Jesus didn't come so you could clean up and convince everybody you found religion. No, no, no. Jesus came so you could tell everybody, hey, that's not even me. That old me is gone and everything is new. I got to get you to believe today, not that Jesus came as a baby. I'm, everybody here believes. Not that God loves you so much that he came in the form of Jesus, the Son. No, no I, you believe that. I just have to get you to believe he came so your past can be gone and you can be new. That you don't have to carry 
what you carried into 2021 out of 2021. You keep being visited by the ghost. You keep being visited by this past. But i got to tell you, it's gone. My job today is to tell you and to help you, to, to, to let you know that Jesus took all of that away, that you have to believe that it's gone, and that you have to start moving in the right direction for the new year. And you have to believe that with God, the best is always around the corner. As a matter of fact, January the 9th, I kick off a brand new series. I've told you this for five years, but I've never preached a series from this title. But January the 9th, I'm preaching to you this series, The Best is Yet to Come. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, why do you always say that? Why do you always tell us that? Why do you always write it that way? Why do, why do you put it on everything? Why do you say the best is yet to come? Listen, because with God, the Bible says it like this, that we go from glory to glory, that there's always something better with God, that my best days are not behind me. The best days really are in front of me. My best day, listen, your best days in your marriage are not what used to be. You're, but you can still have the good old days in your marriage. Your best days as a parent are not behind you. You haven't lost all. It's not a lost cause. No, no, no. Your best days can still be out in front of you. How? i got to get you to believe that with God, all things are new. That the old is gone. That you can get past your past. One of the things I love about the Bible is that God would use people with a past to teach us how to deal with our past. God doesn't use perfect people like y'all. He uses broken people like me. I love that in the Bible, God would use the Apostle Paul. Now, maybe you've never heard this. I don't mean this for a shock factor. I'm just telling you the truth. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, more than any other human author in the Bible, the Apostle Paul was a serial killer. Now, serial killers, that you know that podcast y'all listen to about all that, because some of y'all weird like that, and y'all like to listen to you know how, the, how, how to get murdered or who murdered who. Or, anybody know what I'm talking about? Right. Serial killer. All right. Are you with me on this? But matter of fact, most historians believe that Paul would kill when he was Saul before he met Jesus, that he would kill Christians almost immediately after their conversion because he wanted to stop the spread of Christianity to the rest of their family. So they wouldn't be Christians for a long time. If Paul heard about their conversion, he would immediately have them murdered so that the rest of the family would be too scared to convert. I mean, I'm talking about sketchy. All right, everybody? I'm talking about past. I'm talking about, uh, you talk about somebody who when they would close their eyes at night would know. I've messed up. I got issues. I got issues y'all don't know about. I got problems I haven't told nobody about. I, I, I got all, all this problem and all this past and yet the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, his son in the gospel in 1 Timothy 1 and he says this, even though, let me stop here, look at me. You can have an even though in your life. The devil will tell you, well, you've done all this, and you got all these problems, and you got all this heartache, and it's always going to be this way. And I want you to know on this Christmas week, you can have an even though experience. Even though I lost, it doesn't mean I can't gain. Even though I, I, I've had hurt, it doesn't mean I can't find joy again. E even though I've, I've had to say goodbye, I, there's still a new horizon in my life. And Paul said, even though I was once a blasphemer, persecutor, and then he just kind of, you know when you tell your kids stories about your college days, how you don't tell them everything? <laughs> right? Don't tell them everything. Paul just says, I was a violent man. <laughs> like y'all don't even know. Just I'm violent, okay? But he said, I was shown mercy. I didn't know any better. I didn't believe in God. 
And the grace of our Lord was poured out to me abundantly, long with faith, long with love. By the way, if you want to know what God wants to give you for Christmas, it's those three things, the grace, the faith, and love. Here's a trust, I love this. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves everybody in the room to fully accept it today. And my mission in this message is for you to fully accept this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners like me. People with a past like you. People with disappointments and hurts and hang-ups and habits. People who wish that the year was different and better. People who feel melancholy around this season. Now you'll yell Merry Christmas. You'll, you'll be merry and bright to everybody. But you know and I know and God knows. Things just aren't right here. I'm just haunted by what was and what could be and what should have been. And I've tried to bury it. And I've tried to blame other people for it. And I've tried to beat myself up. But I want you to know Jesus came for people like us. So how do you believe more? How, how do you have more faith? How do, how do you get rid of the ghost of Christmas past? I'm glad you asked. I've just got a few moments, I'll tell you. Number one, you've got to stop trying to earn forgiveness. I think the greatest lesson I could teach you as a pastor is that God loves you right where you are. And He loves you too much to leave you there. That you don't have to work hard to get God to love you. I grew up in a very religious system that I felt like I had to earn God's forgiveness every day, every Sunday. Matter of fact, we had Sunday night church. Some of y'all would really like that because it's late. Anyway, we would have Sunday night church. <laughs> y'all still be late. We had Sunday night church, and, and I would come to the altar. We had altar calls, and I'd cry and snot, and please, God, please. <laughs> please. And, and I thought I had to earn God's forgiveness, and, and maybe you feel the same way. We do this at Christmas all the time. Like we do this. Listen, I got a dirty little secret for you. We teach our kids that they have to earn it. Are you ready for this? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. You, why? You are going to go to hell. Like this is what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. You gotta earn it. You got you gotta do just right. You gotta get cleaned up. You got you gotta have everything right. Let me give you some good news today. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You didn't do anything. It's not from yourself. It's a gift of God. The good news today is you don't have to get right. God has a gift for you in grace. In, in, in grace, it's free. In grace, you don't have to earn it. In grace, it's not predicated on who you are or what you've done or how bad you've been. You can start right where you are with everything that you have, all the broken pieces, all of the shattered dreams, all of the stuff that you feel like, man, I've just scooped this up from this year and this is really all I have. And God says, that's good, I'll take that. That's grace. You don't have to earn that. Here's the second way you can have faith today, and I'm almost done you got to allow God to turn it around for the good. Now listen to me, because I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, but I want you to hear everything I am saying. Salvation's free. Grace is free. But abundant life has to cost you something. That's why I use the phrase, allow God to turn it around. Can I be honest with you? The heartache of my life, I tell Brandy all the time, 
I tell my staff team all the time, the heartache of my ministry, 21 years now in vocational ministry, the heartache of my ministry in two decades is seeing the gap between what God wants to do and what people allow God to do. Ricardo, are you with me? It's the gap of I want to. This is what God offers me. This is the abundant life, the calling, the grace, the mercy, the everything in my life. But there's a gap between that and what I allow God to do. I say it like this. You got to cooperate with God. You got to participate in the miracle that God wants to have in your life. Sure, Paul, you got a terrible past. Listen, I'll forgive all of that. That's grace. But you got to cooperate. That's Damascus Road. That's an experience with God that he says, okay, all right, you win. I'm going to stop burying all of this stuff I've been burying. I'm going to stop beating myself up for all of the sin. I'm going to stop running from this, blaming everybody else. I'm going to start believing. The same Paul with all of that terrible past says in Romans 8, 28, we know all things. I think when Paul wrote this, he wasn't talking about the bad things happened to him. I think Paul wrote this thinking about the bad things he had done to others. Kent, I think Paul said, hey, I know all that stuff I did. I'm ashamed of it. I'm haunted by it all the time. But I know God can work some stuff out in my life. If I let God, I know that people who love Him and have been called according to His prayer, God has something for me. And I want you to hear this Christmas. God still has something for you. That there's more ahead of you than behind you. The last Sunday that we're together live of this year, church family, I want you to hear from me loud and clear. The best really is yet to come. That you haven't smiled your last time. You haven't laughed around the dinner table the last time. You haven't been in love the last time. You haven't hugged your children the last time. The best of your life isn't behind you. But if you'll work with God, it's in front of you. You don't have to constantly be haunted by what was and what could have been and what should have been. Uh, Let me say it this way, and and then we'll pray. Write this down and close your Bible. You don't need forgiveness today. You need faith. I, I think a lot of people come to God thinking, man, Matt, my head hanging down. You don't know what I've done. Yeah, I hear you, man, but you don't know how bad it's been. I want you to raise your head today. You don't need forgiveness. You just need faith. You just need faith to believe that God really can turn around every situation. You need faith to believe that God really is for you and not against you. You need faith to believe that God's a healer. You need faith to believe that God can restore every relationship. You need faith to believe that God still has a plan on the other side of your brokenness. You just need faith today to believe. I read a story recently um, in preparing for today's message. I like reading history. And um, Peter I was reading about the Great War. Uh, World War I as we know it now on December the 7th, 1914. Interesting day, uh, by the way. December the 7th, 1914, Pope Benedict, the current the, the, the then current Pope of the Catholic Church uh, suggested to the Germans and the Allied forces in the Great War that uh, they have a temporary hiatus because Christmas 
was on the horizon. Uh, it would be a celebration that this was the first major world war that in, in modern history. And the Pope uh, said, listen, it's, it's Christmas. Uh, the war had just begun about five months earlier, and, and we, we need a, a break. And the, the two sides, the Allied sides, the Axis, the, the, the two sides, Germany and, and the Allied forces, they, they would not sign a ceasefire like the officers wouldn't allow. You can read it for yourself. But, but on Christmas, the soldiers just decided on their own to hold a ceasefire. Like the generals wouldn't sign anything and, you know, nobody would. But they just decided on their own, we're going to have an unofficial truce this Christmas. You can read about it when you get home today. It's called the Christmas Truce of 1914. At the first light of dawn on Christmas morning, that the sun just raises up on Christmas Day, there are German soldiers in their trenches. And in my research for, for this message for you, I, I saw pictures of them inside of a trench with just their head poking out, looking across no man's land for the allied forces. That's the way it feels sometimes, Ian, in my life. Like if I, if I get up too far, I'm going to get shot again. Like I don't really know what's on the, I don't know what 2022, like I thought 2021, but now I'm too scared to poke my head out, you know. And these Germans, read it for yourself, they would poke their heads out looking to see if the Allies were, they thought it was a trick. Like surely this isn't, this isn't really happening. Until they saw the Allied forces get out of their trenches and start marching towards no man's land, not holding a weapon. And the Allied troops had learned how to say the phrase Merry Christmas in German. And they were shouting in German, Merry Christmas! Across no man's land. And it was then that the German soldiers realized, this is real. Patrick, like this, this is really going on. And so they, their whole body emerged out of the trenches, lay down their weapons, and the Allies are scared and the Germans are scared. And then they realize nobody has weapons. And they meet in the middle of no man's land. And they shake hands with enemy soldiers, sworn enemies on the battlefield. I even read they would exchange gifts. They would cut the buttons off of their uniforms and exchange them as Christmas gifts and they would give each other food rations across no man's land on December 25th 1914 some soldiers actually used this short lived ceasefire to bury their dead I actually read one account that said that Germans would cross the line and would help bury allied soldiers and and the allied forces would cross the line and attend the funerals of Germans for one day the Christmas truce of 1914. It came just five months after the outbreak of the war in Europe. But it was one of the last examples of chivalry between enemies and warfare. They never repeated it again. They tried in 1915 and 1916 to no avail. The officers wouldn't uh, uh, let it happen. They threatened disciplinary action. But it served on this one day in 1914. On this one Christmas day as proof that no matter how brief, no matter how small, no matter how seemingly insignificant it is, that it doesn't really matter how the war is raging around you. The war doesn't always have to rage today if the war is raging on the outside it doesn't mean the war has to continue to rage on the inside so if you'll um, look to the left there's a container with some candles and our team has a 
light or somewhere close. As soon as your candle's lit, would you stand with me? I'll tell you the conclusion of the story. We'll sing a little bit. And then we'll go home. Light those candles and stand. Stand with your family. And I love this part of our service. I love this tradition we have every year, lighting candles together. I love what it means. There you go. Whole families. Mom and dad, maybe you can light all the way down the aisle. I'll give you just a little bit more time toward the back of the room. Hey, if you're on those back aisles, why don't you turn around and light somebody's candle there? That'll help you. Now look into my eyes. The war on the outside had not stopped. I'm telling you a true story. I didn't. But the war on the inside had stopped for a moment. And my prayer for you this Christmas, I, I, can't, I can't promise you the war in your finances and your family and your marriage, all the hurt, all the pain, all the ghosts of Christmas past. I, I can't guarantee you the war stops raging on the outside, but I can promise you God could quiet the storm on the inside. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.